Aloha, and welcome. You're listening to Soul. I'm your host and author of Pay Me What I'm Worth. This is part one of a three-parts audio series featuring the best content from our Monday, September 4th, 2017, Pay Me What I'm Worth. Blow your mind, Monday call. We record our calls and classes for two reasons. First, you'll learn more by listening to a class after attending a class. The second reason we record our classes is when you start growing more healthy, wealthy, and wise, and people start noticing, they're going to ask you what you're up to. You can just simply tell them, go listen to my classes. In this class, we focus on the topic of choice based on those blocks. We dive deep into three common blocks to making choices as well. What are these blocks? Time now to find answers to these questions. Grab something to take notes with. Here we go. On page XI, Roman numeral XI of Pay Me What I'm Worth, I talk about a dirty little secret. Does anybody remember what that dirty? little secret is on page XI of Pay Me What I'm Worth. If you happen to have your book and you would like to share what that dirty little secret is, go for it. Choice. You got it. If all those little voices in your head, inspired by doubt, guilt, shame, and worry, the perfectionist, the controller, the judge, the competitor, anybody in part of what we call the chaos committee, has your mind filled with noise, how easy is it to make a choice? It's not very easy. <laughs> There's too many things that you are thinking about. There's too many things I'll be thinking about, too. What choices I have. Got an example, Marsha? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I think it took me a very long time to come to the conclusion that I need to let go of and release that notion that I must have credit cards to use. Years, actually, before I actually released that notion because in my mind, I had to have credit cards. So every time I would think about, oh, what should I do? Should I do this? Should I do that? How am I going to juggle my bills and my creditors? I did that for many months, and when I finally released that notion, it was so much easier. I just was able to allow that feeling to come into me that said, it's okay, let go of it. I don't need to use credit cards anymore. Marcia, you're the only person in the United States who has that problem. I don't think anybody else does, do they? As your mind got more quiet around credit cards, did you begin to realize you had the power to make more powerful choices? Exactly, yes. Mm -hmm. Especially when I released that notion that, okay, I need some direction and I need some quiet to really see what choices I did have. So Marsha has chosen to bring down the materialistic world. Oh, my God, you're going to be the ruin, the ruin of the planet. You're not going to be consuming right and left and spending well beyond your means. Oh, my God, Marsha, what are we going to do with you? (laughs) 
I don't know. I don't yeah. even know what I'm going to do with myself sometimes. But. I'd like to share a story about 12 years ago. I was at corporate burnout where I had climbed all the way to the top and maintained a 70-hour a work week. I asked my dad, what would you do? And he said I would quit. And I said, why? I said, my income is dependent upon my household. And he said, you'll find another job, and it won't be as stressful, and you'll be able to enjoy life. I took my father's advice. I turned in my resignation on blind faith. And I said, now, what would I like to do and where would I like to live? I said, okay, I'm going to look to the divine source of, and I'm going to say, if there's a cog in this wheel, I trust that you're going to stop it. And if there's no cog in this wheel, then let's just roll with it and see where it goes. I put my house up for sale and it sold two days later. So that opened up all kinds of opportunities to just choose what I wanted to do. So I moved from my hometown away from family to St. Petersburg, Florida. I said, now what have I done? Now I need to find a house. How am I going to find a house without a job? <laughs> uh -huh. I had a three-year-old son at the time. And I said, Lord, you've got to figure out a way to do this because I don't have a job and I need a house. And how am I going to get a job without a house? I found the house. I bought the house with no job. Two weeks later, I was asked to go to a credit convention, and I was sharing my story with someone, and they said, I need to connect you with somebody. They then asked me to meet them at their office about a week later, and I was handed a check for $12,000 to open up a mortgage branch in St. Petersburg, and I had never done that before. So going on blind faith, I remembered something that someone told me years before, fake it till you make it. I knew I had the knowledge, but I had never actually owned and run and supervised an entire mortgage company. And someone totally trusted by handing me over a $12,000 check that I would make it work on a pay pack of $1,000 a month until it was paid in full. And I think that was the tipping point where if we, we fear that we're going to fail and fall on our face, but we know we have to make changes in order to change the direction. And sometimes those directions are pretty scary. Analysis paralysis is another version of this. Has anybody ever suffered from analysis paralysis? Oh, my. Had about a 30-year history on that one, so... <laughs> <laughs> I do have an example. Okay. And this one showed up like only 14 times on my chapter four timeline. And it's related to finances. State of my finances dictated how I felt about myself in terms of self-esteem, self-worth. It was all about how much money I had or didn't have or how well I managed my bills or didn't manage them or how well I managed all the people that were related to all those bills. <laughs> And, and manage is the wrong word. Manipulated is the correct word <laughs> in hindsight. <laughs> uh -huh, and yeah. as I came to understand the difference between 
managing and manipulating and came to understand the difference between allowing and controlling, those things changed. And then something really interesting happened. As I let go of all the doubt, guilt, shame, and worry attached to all that, whatever I had for means met the ends every time. I don't know how that happened. It just did, and it still does. So the doubt, guilt, shame, and worry, and especially any fear I had around, I don't have enough money, has dissipated from direct experience of allowing what is to be what is. Mm-hmm. And what I have to be what I have. And then just sprinkling it with a little gratitude. <laughs> uh-huh. Another flip side to this secret about choice. I wonder if anybody has a story about a time where they thought they had no choice in something. I chose a choice of letting my teeth go to bad, to worse, to the doctors. I was told my soul about worth decay, and that was one of the examples that he used about that was tooth decay. Well, but it took me a lot to overcome a fear factor of going to the dentist in the first place, but it came to the point where there was no choice at all. But I wish I would have listened back then and took care of it, and then I wouldn't have had to deal with the antibiotics and the excess pain. And I appreciate that, Carl, because one of the things that we're really trying to tackle with these Monday blow-your-mind calls is how much we choose to do what? Listen to fear. How many of us listen to fear more than we listen to our soul? How many of you think you have no choice but to clock in and go to work and trade the most precious thing you have, time, for money, that you have no choice, meaning you absolutely have to go to work, you have to get paid you, so that you can have the life that you're living? How many think you have no choice but to do that? Anybody else? Well, definitely yeah. I do. I need to make a certain amount of money, but I know that even though I'm going through this right now, I'm very aware that I do have choice just because I need to have a certain amount of money in order to get through what I need to get through to do what I need to do with my creditors, and then I know that my divine choice after that is going to change. Actually, come to realize that it's, I'm quite cognizant of the decision I'm making. I know that I have a choice. Like, I could not continue to go to work in corporate America every day and spend most of my time there, but I've made a decision that I would rather do that and build a side hustle than to not live with some of the comforts that I have or not be able to bless others if I need to bless others. That's a decision that I've made. Yeah, and I've also come to realize that it's not about not having a choice. We always have a choice. We just don't always like the, the options that we have. Mm-hmm. So here we're going to mix in this concept of choice with Chapter 7's concept. Everything has a price. What is the price of comfort these days in your life? 
How much are you spending relationship-wise, reputation-wise, income-wise, to enjoy the choice of comfort? Did that question make any sense? Yeah. Spending all my time at work <laughs> is one of my prices. Feeling burnout or even at the end of the day, I certainly don't get the fulfillment from my job is, is a price. So out of curiosity, Christina, what choices are you making different as of right now? Well, I certainly have given up some of those comforts that I used to enjoy <laughs> because of the cost of those. I'm making assessments on my life on what more things that I don't absolutely feel that I have to have to or want, desire to enjoy right now that I'm willing to sacrifice right now. Which is commendable, but you have made a choice to say and do something that is actually empowering you at a higher level than money. You have actually yeah. made the choice to say no. If I were to tell you four years ago that you would be saying no to one of your family members the way you are now saying no, there's no way you were going to be able to say no at that point in your life, Drew. No, I wouldn't have. But something along the way, you chose to become more healthy. True or false? True. What was the tipping point? Do you recall? I think I just <laughs> had a dead gun <laughs> and I was tired. I determined what I felt was love or what I felt was mm. acceptable expression of love in my life because I know that I'm the first example for how the world's going to treat me. Mm -hmm. I want to segue here because you bring up an extraordinary point. If I came up to every one of you and I said, you are going to choose to purposefully exhaust yourself to the point of poor health, sign here. How many of you have exhausted yourself willingly because you said yes? You chose to say yes to people you didn't want to say yes to. I definitely have said yes to people when I definitely felt they should have said no. One of my greatest teachers was someone who I said yes to it all the time out of fear from saying no out of fear, <laughs> fear of a reaction, an emotional reaction. I said yes to a whole bunch of things I didn't believe in. I certainly didn't agree with. Did that for a lot of reasons. And those choices I made, they were all laced with really, really strong emotion, which was interesting. I remember agreeing to working two jobs that totaled about 70 hours a week and pretty much killing myself to do those two jobs for like a year and a half until I finally just couldn't do it anymore. So I sabotaged both jobs and ended up unemployed because I made the choice to avoid fear of saying no. Growing up, I always had the fear of being rejected. I may have met altogether different people. Well, I appreciate that, Carlos. Have you seen how you choose to act differently when you're in front of people in 
maybe a personal role versus a professional role? Do you act differently, think differently? And are you aware that you're choosing to manipulate them? No, I'm not realizing that I'm manipulating them. How do you feel when you discover you've been manipulated? More importantly, how do you feel when you discover you're purposefully manipulating someone else? As we wrap up this part one of our three-part audio series, featuring the best content from our Monday, September 4th, 2017 call. We hope you take a moment to grab a pad of paper and pen and sit down and take some notes. Next, want more? No problem. Click to bit.ly forward slash pay radio anytime to access hundreds of classes just like this one. Once again, that's bit.ly forward slash pay radio. And one more URL to remember. To register to take part of this class, just visit pay411.co. Again, that's pay411.co, and we'll see you in class. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.